Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Paul writes, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The message today is one thing. Just one. One thing. Lord, we're praying, God, that you would take the message and the words that we will speak, and I am believing, God, that it will be beneficial to everyone here. But Lord, for that to happen, they need to be acutely aware of what's going on, help them not be distracted. Lord, for them to be able to receive, they need to be awake. For them, Lord God, to be able to receive, they don't need to be talking to their neighbor. Help them, Lord, to receive this day. In Jesus' name, amen. The 10-year-old girl that was rushed to the hospital because she was having trouble breathing, and the longer it went, the worse her breathing got until the doctors were at a loss of what was going on, and she was trying to catch every gasp of air that she could, and they didn't know what to do next. And a childhood, a school friend of hers, a little boy, had heard that she was in the hospital that she was having a difficult time, and he ran to that hospital. He went into that room, and he leaned over her, and he said, breathe, Kathy, breathe. Breathe, Kathy, breathe. And her mom and dad, they choked up and teared up with seeing that this kid had one thing on his mind. It was the well-being of this childhood friend and school friend that he had. Breathe, Kathy, breathe. Breathe, Kathy, breathe. Nothing else was on his mind. Breathe, Kathy, breathe. Breathe, Kathy, breathe. Breathe, Kathy, breathe. And within a few moments, this girl started almost magically started getting better, and her breathing started getting better. That kid had one thing on his mind. It wasn't riding his bike. It wasn't going to the mall. It was going to his friend and saying, breathe, Kathy, breathe. He didn't want to see his friend die. Jesus said to the rich young ruler, you lack one thing. Jesus told Martha, one thing is needful in your life. The blind man, after he'd been healed of his blindness, a, a, a life of blindness, said these words, one thing I know, I used to be blind and now I see. Too many Christians involved in too many things instead of one thing. A man that I love to read after, a man by the name of D.L. Moody, who was involved nationwide in Sunday school promotions. He was involved with the YMCA. He was involved with evangelistic campaigns. And then the Chicago fire hit. And for some reason, it felt like that he had to hone everything he was about, not to five things or four things, but to one thing. And he started evangelistic sermons and crusades across America and throughout the world. And millions of people received Jesus because that guy was focused not on five things, but on one thing. One thing. 
How many professional athletes do you know have played in two sports? Anybody? There's some names. Jordan, boy, that didn't last very long. Man, he couldn't hit the curveball. Who else? Who else? Bo Jackson. Who else? Come on, you're missing one. That's right, prime time. Who said Deion Sanders? That's right, Deion Sanders. Three, maybe if we tried real hard, we could think of five people in all the years of professional sports that have played in more than one sport. It just doesn't happen. One thing. They get focused on one thing, and all their energies goes that way. One thing. It's Nehemiah rebuilding the walls and people trying to get him to do other things. And he said, I'm doing a great work, and I will not come down from what I'm doing. Thank God for that kind of attitude. You're not going to distract me. I'm doing one thing and one thing only. James chapter 1, a double-minded man is unstable in half of his ways. No, in all of his ways, what the Bible says. You read Philippians 3.13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to the future. One man typifies this and sums this verse up better than any man in the Bible, the life of Joseph. Forgetting the past, reaching forth to the future, the life of Joseph, there are more chapters dedicated to that man's life than the new birth, than communion, than baptism, than creation, all combined. More is said about Joseph than all those other things. One-fourth of the book of Genesis deals with the life of Abraham. One-fourth of the book of Genesis deals with the life of Joseph. The life of Abraham is more important to us spiritually. The life of Joseph is more important to us practically. On a practical nature, we can learn from this man. The similarities between Joseph and Jesus. How many have ever heard this before? Boy, you're going to learn something. Three people's heard this before. The similarities between, and this is, there's over 20. I'll just give you a few of them. The similarities between Joseph and Jesus, they were both loved by their father. They were both hated by their brethren. They were both conspired against. They were both stripped of their robe. They were both sold for silver. Judah betrayed Joseph. Judas betrayed Jesus. Joseph's brothers, hear me, sell him out. I mean, all the brothers said, let's kill Joseph. And Judah, who was the true Jewish one of the bunch, said, no, let's sell him. <laughs> Joseph's brothers let him down, literally, into a pit. 
Somebody criticizes you, I'm going to tell you something that is going to be hard for you to swallow. Let the Lord handle that. Now, somebody criticizes my wife, criticizes my church, I get irate and I say something about it. Somebody criticizes me, I just go walking straight on. Let the Lord handle that. And I'm telling you, people have called me a lot of things, some good and some bad. And you know what I do? I let the Lord handle that. Let the Lord handle that. Somebody hates you, let the Lord handle that. My idea is let the heathen rage. That's what the Bible says. Let the heathen rage. Joseph did not act out in vengeance. This one thing I do, forgetting the past. If you're always looking in your rearview mirror, you're going to crash. Oh, what I used to do, and I just can't get over that. If you're looking in the past, you're going to crash. This one thing I do, forgetting the past, reaching toward the future. Thank God Paul wrote them words. Here's what I believe. I believe whether it's my life, whether it's the church, I can just keep going on. I remember years ago, 1988 to be exact, when the whole Swaggart deal was going on. Guy on TV said, journalist says, well, this is it. This is it. The church can't survive. And I'm sitting there watching that thinking, now, are you ignorant about other issues or just about this? The church can't survive. Jesus said, upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell can't even prevail against it. Let alone some preacher doing something stupid. Forget about that. God, work is going to go on. The old, old song that they used to sing in the South, if the deacon on the board ain't doing right, let the church roll on, let the church roll on. If the deacon on the board ain't doing right, let the church roll on, let the church roll on. If the deacon on the board ain't doing right, then the base would come in and say, take the deacons off the board and put the board on him. <laughs> and then the rest of the church say, let the church roll on, let the church roll on. That's my attitude, it really is. Good, bad, whatever, you keep rolling on. <clears throat> God raises Joseph to be second in command of all of Egypt. They have sold him into slavery. They let him down. They done everything against him. This is his own flesh and blood. And now years later, decades later, there's famine in the land of Israel, and they're forced to go into Egypt. And as they now are standing before the second in command of all of the known world, basically, they have no idea it's Joseph. And what does Joseph watch them do? He watches those brothers bow down before him. And he thinks, decades ago, God gave me a dream that my brothers would bow down before me. The same ones 
He has got life and death in his hands over those men. In a moment, he could have said, get on them and kill them. And of course, he didn't do that. What did Joseph do? He acted out not in revenge. He didn't vote for revenge. He voted for forgiveness. For forgiveness. He didn't act out in vengeance. This one thing I do, forgetting the past, reaching toward the future. Thank God. I see this attitude throughout the life of Joseph. I mean, really, it's hard-pressed to find anything the guy done wrong. I'm sure he did, but, you, I mean, the Bible don't really state it. Listen in Genesis chapter 50. Joseph said, one day God will deliver Israel from Egypt. And when they do, take my remains with you and bury me in the promised land. What's he doing? He's forgetting the past. Egypt is the past. He's looking toward the promised land. That's the future. That's the future. Forgetting the past, he's reaching toward the future. Joseph is siding with the people of God, the people that had been slaves, that had been downcast, that had been made fun of, that had been mocked. He sided with them. He threw his lot in with the people of God. That's what I want to do. I don't care. People call me stupid. You're not quite as intellectual as you ought to be. And well, if you're just smart, you'd realize you didn't need God and all of this and that. I'm throwing my whole lot in with the Christian people. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. That's who I'm going with. And you know the thing I like about Joseph? It wasn't like, well, he's smarter than mom and dad now because, you know, I am second in command. You know, I just, I, and I don't know if I'm a preacher, I shouldn't say this, you shouldn't. I need, I, need, I need deep prayer, really. I can't stand highfalutin people. I can't stand falutin people. <laughs> Let alone highfalutin people. But, you know, the idea that, oh, I'm so much better than my, than my mom or my dad or my family, Joseph wasn't like that. He said, that's the group that I'm siding in with. J Joseph's request, I've got a Bible at home, and real close gives you the dates of when things happened. Joseph's request was 1,689 B.C. The time they buried him in the promised land was 1,427 B.C. That's 262 years. Let's give you a reference on that. America is 236 years old. For 262 years, they carried Joseph's coffin around with them. When they passed through the Red Sea, Joseph's coffin was being carried through the Red Sea. When they passed through the Jordan River on dry ground, there it is, Joseph's coffin. Hey, what are you doing? What are you carrying that for? What's in that box? That's Joseph's remains. What are you doing that for? Well, we promised we would. What are you doing that for? We're doing that because Egypt represents the past and the promised land represents the future. And Joseph's forgetting the past 
and he's pressing toward the future. When they marched around the cities of Jericho, there was the casket being carried around the city of Jericho. And people saying, what are they doing that for? And the Israelites wanted to respond, but God had told them just to shut up while you walk around. Forgetting the past, reaching toward the future. I like that attitude. One thing. One thing. And I know there are people that, you know, their, their past may be different from somebody else's past, but you know what God says? Forget it. Forget it. Now, I know that's poor psychology. Psychology 101 says you need to drag up everything that ever happened to you, even if it didn't happen to you, even if you maybe thought it happened to you, and then talk about that, and then you might you know, get better, and maybe not, and then drag up something else, and well, I don't know if that really happened or not, but you know, it makes me feel better when I talk about it. God said, forget the past. Amen. Carry on to the future. Let's stand. Father, I am praying that this word as a seed did not fall upon hard ground, but God, that it fell upon fertile ground. And God, I am praying that the ground of every person's heart is able to encompass this seed, take this seed within their lives, and God, that it would begin to grow within their life, knowing that they do not have to be shackled with things that happened in their past, but God, they can forget that and move forward and knowing that your blessing will be upon that. And I'm believing, God, that people will be uh, will break free from things that Lord maybe the devil's tried to use against them help them dear God to know they can forget that and move forward you give them the power to do that just assuredly as you give Joseph that power in Jesus name we're praying amen you spoke and worlds were formed you breathed and life was born you knew the one day you Sins have gone, my debt's been paid.
every chain My sins are gone, my debt's been paid You gave, you gave your life away for me For me How glorious is your love If I could sing forever It's not enough How glorious is your love If I could sing forever It's not enough It's not enough chain well, my sins are gone yes and you gave you gave your life away for me oh you gave you gave your life away you gave you gave your life away you gave you gave your life away for me chain my sins are gone my debt's been paid and you gave you gave your life away for me for me It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.